I'm wondering if you can even slow him down. Like, can oh. you slow down a company that continues to grow quarter after quarter, and like exponentially so? It's not even beating your own odds by ten billion is pretty impressive. Right now, it's this is weekly download episode number twenty-seven. We we're record mesmerized. these. We record these and then post them the day after. But we happen to be recording this one during the Apple earnings call. So, for some bit of live reporting to kind of start out the show before we get into some of the other nitty gritty, Apple has posted a quote unquote record earnings quarter. I Can you even say that anymore? Since they say it every quarter. <laughs> I'll give you some perspective before telling you the numbers, which you've probably already read by this point. Last year, they reported a, I believe, $28.27 billion in quarter four, 2011. This quarter four is a $46.3 billion quarter, which represents a you know, 200, you know, it's double. Right. It's double. It's so double in I, billions. I guess they can keep patent fighting all they want because money seems to be no object over yeah, there. Well, it really, yeah, it doesn't really do much of anything. Yeah. That that same quarter, iPhones were 17.07 million and iPads were 11.12 million. And this is... Um, you mean billion, right? No, million. Oh, units sold. It was million. Wait a minute. Am I reading just now? No, October. Yeah. Okay. Right. Huh. So so we're looking at Q1 right now, right? Q1 That's 2012. What, That's what we're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. So for the 4S, they sold they sold 17.07 in Q4 2011. In this quarter, they sold 37 million iPhones. 37 million compared to 17.07. Yeah, I'd say that's a pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good Q1. And Q1 um includes the holiday quarter basically. Right. So, so the fiscal a- year for them ends October whatever. Yeah. But so so that's kind of sneaky, right? So I guess they include the holiday quarter to kind of start out the year with a bang kind of thing. I, I mean, it worked for them. All right. Well, and interestingly enough, uh, an article which was released earlier today, I don't typically post these, and I don't think you do either, because it's sort of, sort of silly numbers. Uh, Verizon, 55% of smartphones this, this quarter were uh, iPhones. Are you serious? Like, 55% of Verizon's I, uh, Verizon smartphone sales were iPhones. So think about that. All those other Android manufacturers only took up 45%. Well, probably less than that, because you've got to account for what maybe one what Windows Mobile, not Windows Phone, Windows Mobile device or something. I was looking for that article. Hmm. Okay, well, you'll hear more about it, I'm sure, from the blogosphere and stuff tomorrow. But let's get to the other news here. Because numbers are great, but we all know that Apple's going to continue to be Apple, no matter what. Right. One thing's for sure, don't sell your stocks. <laughs> Even though people tend to do that for some reason, right at an earnings call. I mean, pretty yeah, safe to I say. That, you yeah, hold. they're going to be good. You should probably hold. Okay. Um, in Apple-related news, we've got good old. Oh wait, somebody just tweeted. The stock price is forty dollars after hours for Apple. 
up 40. Yikes. Man, it's like watching election results or something. It's just a live so, happening right here. Yeah, you should probably hold on to your Apple stock. At least till uh, tomorrow? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So anyway. All right. And, you know, this has nothing to do with their latest product announcement, which we talked about from uh, Guggenheim, which was iBooks Author. Right. So basically, they've given the tools to people to create iBooks in version, in iBooks version, whatever, the latest version of iBooks. 2.0, I think. 2. Yeah. And only for the iPad 2, I think. Really? I didn't see that little. I don't. You're I, probably right. I but think. I, didn't see I think it. that basically it was correct that they did release sort of a garage band for textbooks mm-hmm. kind of thing. So that wasn't as far fetched as as we thought. It might as be. well as Fortune thought. Right. So Forsman, uh, you were right. I was. So, well, Forsman was right from ours. He was right on the money. It, it is sort of a garage band for textbooks thing. But what it also does is it you know you know sort of catapults Apple into this textbook space, which was sort of a pie-in-the-sky idea by Steve and kind of referenced in the biography. But basically, they've released this tool, and they've also announced that you can buy textbooks on the iPad now, only for high school level at this point. Right. But the authors, I'm sure, will continue to bring, you know, funnel more push, books. Yeah, get and, more post-secondary education, things like that. And like every other deal with anybody... If you want to sell something on Apple's pro- you know, property, you have to give them a 70-30 split. But all things considered, everything seems okay except for this uh, recent spat about the ULA, the end user license agreement right. for those books. And furthermore, like how is that going to be standardized and is that the way is this the future for books or is Apple going to kind of iterate on this idea and make it so more EPUB formats are acceptable into this into the, iBooks yeah. author. But, you know, I think with all Apple products, it's a start, right? Yeah, we're, I mean, we're and right this is now, normal. This is what they do every single time. There's a little bit of refinement that'll happen. It it definitely moves the, the bar a little bit from where we are at the moment. But all things considered, the product itself, this the textbook, if you have you looked at a textbook? Have yeah, you yeah. the download I, one? I, ha- I didn't download one because they weren't free, I don't think. I oh, okay, yeah. but there is a free one. I think oh, okay. one of them is, is a free, and it's a two-month trial, like a biology book or something. Oh. So maybe you can pull that up. But it looks pretty nice. Basically, it's, it's about what you'd expect from a textbook. You can interact with it. You can play video within the content. You can you know, kind of swipe in and swipe out of stuff. You don't see it there? Oh, I see it, yeah. yeah. So it's like a free trial, so you can take a look at that. If I have enough storage space, I believe I read somewhere where they're almost two gigs sometime a book. Right. They're they're pretty huge books and they're also price capped at fifteen dollars to be yeah. affordable for high school people, I suppose. The thing is is that I wonder I'm sure it'll pick up. I mean, if the iPad is the most, you know, selling this device of all time. And right now, apparently, they, let's see the numbers, 15.4 million iPads in that quarter alone. So, you got to think that people are are going to be all over this iBooks, you know, it's not a niche market. No. A lot of people were concerned, oh, it's only on the iPad, you know, then I can't read it. I I don't necessarily buy that. Basically, if you have a tablet, you have an iPad. (laughs) I mean, that's kind it's of, kind of a bold statement, but... It's a, I mean, it's kind of true. I mean, it, either you have a... 
either you have like an iPad or you have an Android device, right? I mean, the Playbook is irrelevant. Windows 8 tablets haven't really hit the market. That's true. To say, and uh, the touchpads have died. So right. pretty much, you either either have an Android tablet or you have an iPad, and since the iPad um, accounts for like you know eighty to ninety percent. Right, and certainly in the education world and the enterprise world, the iPads are dominating. So exactly. it's safe to say. So, okay, so that's iBooks Author. Check it out. I think there's a new site on Apple's thing, Apple's website, I, slash I education so. yeah, or something, something like that. Moving on, uh, looks like looks like some other news outlets are picking up this idea of supplier responsibility right and uh now new york times posted an article about the idea of why the iphone or why any apple product you know why can't it be manufactured in america and i I certainly found your quote to be pretty compelling (laughs) right you listen to you listen to that podcast and you'll find that basically there is no other country that can mobilize that many people within a short period of time and produce that days. much stuff by hand. Yeah. The quote that is pulled from the New York Times article, I believe it's the New York Times, yeah. Another critical advantage for Apple was that China provided engineers at a scale the United States couldn't match. Apple's executives had estimated about 8,700 industrial engineers were needed to oversee and guide the 200,000 assembly line workers eventually involved in manufacturing iPhones. The company's analysts had forecast it would take as long as nine months to find to find that many qualified engineers in the United States. In China, it took 15 days. 15 days. Compared to nine months. And I think it's kind of true that uh, uh, you know America seems to be drifting away from the sort of industrial revolution where we were and kind of moving into this new field. We don't even have an era name for it yet, but basically right. skilled labor is a lost practice. Right. So now you, if you want to find skilled labor in mass quantities, you're going to Shenzhen. And yeah, we're looking at mostly service-based stuff now here in the States. So it's kind of a sad picture, really. When 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 Obama supposedly asked Jobs... Did you read the article? Can you bring in? Can you? How do we get iPhones made in the United right. States? And he's like, it's "Not going to happen. Yeah. Not going to happen." So, and it makes sense because we just don't have the economy to pull it off. But I think this debate has stirred a lot of feedback from Apple, and I think they're doing a good job at responding. But it just seems like a moot point. Yeah. Like, there's nothing you can do about it. It's the state of the way things are. It's not going to change. You Well, how do you reverse that kind of behavior in China? How do you... How, I mean, China has to grow. You can't just turn around and be like, nope. See you later. Yeah. Like, But at the same time, you know, everyone wants their iPhone under the Christmas tree, so you got to deliver it somehow. I mean, isn't it funny how we... How this earnings call is kind of juxtaposed against these sort of statements of... How we need to be Apple. more responsive. Yeah, like and yet like, they're pushing out more than you think that a place can handle, really. Right. I guess we could bring them back to the states. They can be expensive and. Well, apparently it's not that expensive. So in the New York Times article, the estimate was that it's about I would say I think it was around a hundred dollars. Well, I, I'm including time as money as part of it. Well, that's what that that estimate includes time and manufacturing processes and stuff like right, everything. Right. 
And the idea was that it would cost mm, somewhere, I can't remember the number. I'm trying to find it here. I think it was like 80 to $100. The number is escaping me. But basically, that's how much on top of the unsubsidized price Apple would have to pay. But at what cost to make them in America, to get skilled workers, to pay them a little bit more? I mean, to me, if you're making this much money, you know, what if you could say that everything was made in America? Do you think that would kind of off-balance the sort of, you know, that's the pull for American apparel in some ways, right? Yeah, yeah, people want it. So. I don't know. Okay, well. In more hilarious news. (laughs) Rim has confirmed that former co-chief, co-chief operating, so they had two CEOs, just so you know, they had... Two picked, they were the founders. They though. picked one of them, Mr. Torsten Hines, and board member will take over the board chair, and the former, other former co-CEO will be the vice chairman, and so basically there was a lot of shakeup. Right. There was all these players sitting there in the same spot, but they kind of moved everybody around a little bit to kind of show that, hey... We know what we're doing up top. We promise. So we'll just move everyone around and play a game. Okay, so that's the story. What I found interesting about this was that I found another... I saw another quote in the back of my... uh, And, like, looking through articles. And one of them was uh, this CEO, Torsten Hines, basically saying, I don't think we need to change up a lot. That was his quote. Like, I think we're good. <laughs> that was basically what he had to say. I think they're doing really well right now. Right. They're doing great. Yeah. I mean, they're in, they're absolutely terrible in the business market. They have no consumer base, but they're doing okay. Anyway, well, get your act together because I think you're a little disillusioned. And Someone better call Meg Whitman. That's all I have to say. <laughs> all right. <laughs> On that note, um, oh, we were talking about patents earlier. Right. We briefly mentioned them. So it seems that somebody has decided to look at, okay, how much money has Apple has they spent? Really, have they really spent against it HTC? It turns out against, against one company. So this is just against HTC. It's not against Nokia. It's not against Samsung. Samsung you know, the, you <laughs> the, know. Big, the big player. But against HTC on, I guess, the patents with their phones, they have spent $100 million in legal fees. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Just so you know, just I read it. I read this before. They made forty-six point three billion dollars <laughs> in one quarter, but they spent a hundred million, which represents what is that? I don't even know. Uh, That's like one a tenth of a, some crazy minuscule number, a percent of that much they made in that quarter. So hey, okay, whatever. You know, it's like chump change. You know, drop hilarious chump change though. Apple's case against HTC started with 84 claims against based on 10 patents, but by the time they got to a case, only four patents were involved. So before it even got into the court of law, they pretty they dropped, said, yeah, there's nothing you can do about it. So, well, I guess it doesn't really matter, but it does really show how, how useless this patent system right, is right. really becoming. I mean, the fact of the matter is, yeah... It's kind of generic, the stuff that Apple tends to be patenting, this uh, multi-touch gesturing, the style of the phone. and I think that it's pretty much copyable at this point. You don't even need a patent anymore. That doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean anything to our own court of law that make, that's supposed to uphold these U.S. patents. 
and it doesn't mean anything to the companies that are stealing. I mean, I could, you know, but Apple means something. It just means that they're willing to fight, but it doesn't mean that they're going to win. The message is is that, I mean, does does the general public who is following Apple and buys their product, do you think they know that people are stealing and Apple should fight back? No, they're just going to buy Apple stuff. They're still going to buy Apple stuff. Even if Samsung said, we're going to make a phone that looks exactly like an Apple device, no one's going to buy it. It looks like a substitute. It has that substitute feel. If Coke, if somebody copied a Coke can and, like, tried to emulate the taste, you just couldn't it's do it. It's not Coke, yeah. It's not Coke. So it's kind of useless for Apple to be fighting it, but the it's kind of like a pride thing, I would say, really. Business Week posted this 90 minutes before Apple's results. What is it? <laughs> it says, GBA's Garrity says Apple is losing momentum. Business Week posted that 90 minutes before their epic quarter announcement. Okay, a huh. couple of news bits by you before we talk about the other thing, Google+. Plus. Oh, right, right. Uh, just the European privacy law I thought was sort of interesting. I'll just read you the quote really quick, that uh, Europe is considering a sweeping new law that would force Internet companies like Amazon and Facebook to obtain explicit consent from consumers about their use of their personal data and delete that forever if the consumer wants them to do that, um, which is something that, yeah, not that's not happening at the moment. Um, so I think that that would certainly be interesting. I think that uh, companies like Facebook sort of rely on that personal information now, if I understand correctly. There's often those claims that people are paying Facebook for information or paying for this data, even though it's sort of not attached to you, but still is at the same time. So with a click of a button, you could essentially say, I want you to give it to my data. But so, do you think that Facebook is not asking explicit consent. I think those allowing application dialogues are pretty explicit. Well, fa- yeah, fairly. Um, the real key to this probably is the deleting data forever. That's where more where I was going with. Yeah. And how would you even know? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's fair. Like they couldn't really. I could they say, could say, that say too. yes. Like, but... hey, Chris, you know, if you had anything on my computer, I promise to delete it. Right, but that I mean, if, if you're... It's, pictures or yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta go. Okay. Uh, no, but seriously, how no, can I you mean, even know? If they prove it, though... How do you even prove it? I'll just show my screenshot of my empty folder of Chris <laughs> Dickens. Then what? Oh, this is getting very uncomfortable very fast. <laughs> uh, I mean, Next. we'll see. Yeah, we'll go on. Uh, I thought this was relatively funny. Uh, got a little bit. I actually got ended up getting a lot more press than I expected it to get. Uh, storage sites are shutting down, or sharing sites are shutting down their sharing feature uh, after the mega upload scan uh, debacle, so to speak. Uh, companies like FileSonic, FileServe, uploaded two. Never actually used any of them, but I sort of reading the article that you upload. Sure. Yeah, you upload data, then you can share it. Now they're sort of limited to more of a, a Dropbox type. You upload it. And you can only you you yourself can only look at it. So oh. we'll see what's happening. They're essentially just taking away the hey, all of you use this link, come share this product with me. So we'll see what happens there. I think that slowly they'll probably creep back to sharing, and we'll see another shutdown at some point. You can't really avoid it. No. So Google Plus. Well, wait a minute. Turns currently enamored by the. Uh, I have a question. All right. Why do you put two spaces after sentences? I don't. I just always have. You, you, ah. 
You you know what that you is? Just, that's so old school. I like, know. No, actually, I edit all of your posts. And oh my delete. goodness, you do you I really? I Why? edit all of your posts and make them single space because you know what? We're not writing on typewriters. This is the web. <laughs> right. You don't need a thumb space between. And this is not even a thumb space. It's it's like You're even if I zoom thumb? in, it's not even a thumb okay. space. Okay. <laughs> it's one space. All right. I was taught many, many moons ago. Yeah, well, so was I. But then I was retaught that that is. The I most never. I was never retaught that. Ridiculous thing to do. I was never retaught that at any point. Well, you heard it here first. Okay, I'll, uh, you heard it here first, and yes, I'll change the month with Metro thing at the top. I saw you going. <laughs> we'll change it. I'll change it. These users will not even see it this way when they hear this podcast. They're gonna be like, "What are they even talking about?" Exactly. Yeah, you're what gonna look like what two spaces is Jeroen even talking about? Okay, we've talked about several times this concept of Google Plus, and in and in particular the sort of statistics and analytics that Google pushes out to remind people that hey, we're relevant, you know. And uh, recently they posted a number of to the tune of ninety million, which is supposedly the number of people engaged. In Google Plus, who are active Google Plus users, right. supposedly. That obviously is dwarfed by Facebook's number, which is probably approaching 900 million by us talking here. I don't know if it's that much. Well, it was 800 million at the beginning of the year, so it might be 820 by us. But, you know, obviously still dwarfed by a lot of the other social networks that exist. But still, okay, it's growth. And it's growth at its rate that it's been growing at. It's nothing exponential, but it's going. But the real question is, is whether or not this number really means anything. Like like we've talked about before, if you have a Google account, then the only thing you have to do on top of that is click Join Google Plus. And you're there. And you are a Google Plus. Suppose that you are a member of Google Plus. Right. And that's if and you have a me, Gmail account. And to me, that's probably, and, and, and if you have a Gmail account, that's right. So probably 90 million, this, this 90 million number is really the people who have clicked on that button and opted in. Right. As Google, as Gmail has apparently 350 million active users, if 90 million people have clicked on that button, that represents, you know, what is that percentage-wise? Do your math. We're talking about roughly 26%. So 26% of Gmail users are Google Plus users. Okay, that's, now hold that in your head. Apparently, it's surprising to see that so few people have registered for Google Plus or only using popular services on a daily basis. Only 60%. So only 60% of people are using Google products as well as Google Plus users. So, for example, Gmail and YouTube. Right. So you have this 26% number, right, who is an active Google Plus user. Mm -hmm. Now take, you know, 60% of that. So 60% of 26%. Okay, there you go. So 43%. Right. So 43% is the number that we're kind of considering here. I don't even know if this is the right math. But 
Well, really, you should take the exact number. So what did we say? 26%? Right. right? I don't do my spaces so, right, so who knows so, if I do math. So 90 times 0.26. 23.4 million people are people who, and this number was what again? What was the 26%? Oh, my goodness. You're forgetting. I don't remember. It's the 90 million over 300. Oh, right, right, right. So that means that's the number okay. of people who have, have a Gmail account. In. And have opted into Google Plus and are active. Okay, right. that number is twenty three point four million. So there you go. I think if you want to actually report something, it's a twenty three point four. Report it right. And if you and of course then, you know, no pun intended. You're nonplussed by that number. Twenty three point four million is nothing really to shout about. No. Okay. Does it matter? Should we should we even buy what Larry Page even tells us about Google Plus anymore? I, I, I really don't think so. Like I, I'm not going to say they should shut the service down because I mean, you have a few active users, but it's not going anywhere. It hasn't been going anywhere. It just doesn't really seem worthwhile. Twenty three point four million. And you know what else about that number is that. How many of them are posting daily? Daily. Or, and to me, see, to me, that is a metric. A frequency of updates plus one-ing. The last time I posted to Google Plus was, I think, in October. I don't know. June. I wouldn't consider myself an active user. Okay. Uh, how do I look at my own stream? You just click on me. Oh, there you go. December 21st, 2011, I reshared something, and I used it for Google Hangouting, and on September 21st, I actually made a reference to somebody's post. So, I would not consider myself an active user of Google+. So, now you're at 19 million... <laughs> Whatever. Take that. Million. Take that, Google. But, in conclusion, this is really just a big numbers game. I think that Google... Plus, you can't talk about it in terms of market share. You can't talk about it in terms of engagement. What you really have to understand is the impact of that engagement after it's done, right? Right. So are the plus ones changing the way people view search? Are people now viewing links that they normally wouldn't have because of Google Plus that sort of I guess I would call that sort of a serendipity kind of index are you seeing the kind of viral things that you would see on Facebook and Twitter in the same way in Google Plus if you're plus wanting then my understanding is like Google Plus users will then get them pushed to the top of the search engine so if you are signed in, in oh, if you are also signed like if the other person signed in Google Plus right so the answer is almost certainly no like there's no value in it. I, I have, like, one very active poster on Google+. Plus. Oh, wow. Yep. And that's not even that active. I mean, I, I followed Scoble for a while. He's crazy active. And the other thing about this activity, it depends on what stream you're viewing and whatnot. Right. It, it quickly becomes inactive when you pick a stream that's actually selected. Unless you have other selective users, which the majority of that 23 million probably doesn't. Yeah. I, I would even venture to say that it's like 1% of that 23 million. Actually. Actually has 
people engaging back and forth. They're hanging out all the time. You know, whereas with Facebook, okay, 800 million, probably a number that's also far-fetched, right? Even if you cut it in half. That's still 400 million people. Exactly. Making Google Plus look pretty darn relevant. Sweet. Well, that's all we got for today's show. Yeah. Got anything else to bring up? Nope, because these fine users will, will see some periods with no spaces after them. And, and I guess we can close this one with some other Apple tidbits. Looks like there are 85 million iCloud users. That's surprising. Don't they, like, ask you if you want to do it when you start your iPhone 4 with iOS 5? Oh, it's yeah, sort of I like Google Play. So. I mean, we could break this number down, too, except being the fanboy that you are, and that I am, let's be honest. There's no reason to ruin their fun. Is that all you have in the in 1.5 the million iPads are already in use in education. All right. 600,000 copies of iBooks Author were downloaded since last week's announcement. That's kind of cool. 3 million copies of the iTunes U app, which I really want to play with. Wish I had an iPad. Not really. Oh. Well, I think that's all we've got. Okay. He's steadily hitting the Twitter button, hoping for more, but I think he's done. Got nothing. All right. Tune in next week. We'll probably talk more about it. Yeah, I'm sure we will. So on that note, have a good night. See ya.